Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. He wants to say to all of us in that he is so invested in community. He's really wanting us to be connected with him, of course, primarily, uh, and then with each other. So I want to take us on a bit of a journey uh, about what uh, community looks like, but I also want to take you on a bit of a mini journey uh, into my working life, which I've had a few uh, decades now doing the whole working life thing, and it's been an interesting journey. Uh, A lot of my jobs in the earlier days were in the corporate sector, uh, working for large multinationals, companies like Coca-Cola, Telecom New Zealand, and that was all very exciting and all very wonderful, and I I got to work on the terrace in one of the high-rise buildings, and I thought I'd really made it there. Uh, But then I really felt that I wanted to make a different direction as far as my work life was concerned. And rather than lining corporate dollars, I wanted to make sure that what I was doing, what I was contributing to was making a difference in people's lives, not just the shareholders, but real people and the situations that uh, they might find themselves in. So I moved across into uh, the not-for-profit sector. So basically community-based organisations. And I really had a a greater sense of, I suppose, fulfilment uh, in what I was doing. Now, it wasn't always necessarily uh, in what they refer to as service delivery. So a lot of my jobs were were back office, doing administration, management, those kinds of things. But it certainly felt a lot better working for an organisation that was helping people. And one of those organisations I ended up working for, a very large, well-known counselling organisation. They've got branches uh, all around Australia, and I was working for them. And one of my roles, one of the duties that I was involved in there was in relationship education. Um, And so specifically, I would work with couples that were looking at getting married, or maybe they were married, and they're just wanting to further enhance their relationship. And so I had the privilege of uh, doing that for for many years. And that type of work that I did there continued, of course, into my church life, uh, because the programs and the resources and the teaching materials and the workshopping that I did with those couples. Um, It's actually a Christian-based content. Even though I was working for a secular-based organisation at the time, they'd embrace those programs. And so I got to deliver those programs and work with uh, lots and lots of couples in that work environment. And one of the key things I got out of that in my training and development process with that uh, was looking at families and the different family backgrounds that we all have. We all come from different families. And there's this concept called family of origin, So basically, it's talking about the family that you grew up in. And uh, it always amused me when I would see couples and they would think that they were so in tune with each other. And then I just start unpacking this whole thing called family of origin. And I'd ask them, what did you do around mealtime? Was it around the TV table or the dinner table? What did you do on holidays? Was it uh, skiing in the Alps uh, or was it camping out bush? who handle the finance, all those sorts of things. There are so many aspects to our family. And uh, as I encourage people to explore their own family of origin, it kind of like pointed the spotlight back into my life. And I began to understand more about my family of origin, the family that I grew up in. Now, I kind of obviously I knew that, but when you, there's knowing something and there's knowing something. And so when I got that greater understanding about what my family really did look like mechanically, uh, how it operated, uh, the level of function that was there, or perhaps the lack of healthy function uh, that was in there, it really helped me understand a lot about how I had come to be part of the person that I am. Now, that doesn't mean that I gave myself an excuse to say, well, look, that's just the way I am. But it certainly helped understanding my upbringing had a lot to do with who I was at that particular point in time. And one of those things was really, it was about family connections um, and the, the relationships within the families. Uh, my, I came from a very small family. Uh, the family connections were very tight. Oh, sorry, very, um, uh, very 
concentrated uh, within my immediate family. A nuclear family is what it used to be referred to as. So extended relatives, basically, this is amazing to think about it even now, we would see our extended family once a year. That was basically Christmas. And it was almost a challenge to remember all my uncles and aunties' names because we were not a close family at all. We'd only see them once a year. And so then I met Robin, my wonderful wife, and her family was a little bit different from mine. She had a lot more members in her family. I had one brother. She was one of six children. And then there's all the extended family. And they uh, do and still do this thing called family dinners. And, of course, I was invited uh, to these family dinners. um, And it was, let me tell you, I was freaked out when I first went to this family dinner because my family dinner time was, like, quiet and, you know, you might have a few little polite chit-chats. Hers was like this wild party gone out of control. There were people talking over each other, leaning over each other, almost food fights, uh, that type of situation. And I was just like, what is going on here? I asked on the first time I said, was that a special celebration for some reason? And Robin goes, no, that's what we do every week, basically. So it was a very different experience for me. And it took me quite a while to get familiar with that whole environment. So that leads on to where I guess part of this message has come from this evening. Um, A couple of weeks ago, uh, Pastor Jeff was just chatting with me and uh, he asked me, you know, how did COVID, how had COVID affected me? Had I learned anything out of it? And my initial response was nothing good, really. It's not been pleasant at all. And, you know, thankfully, we've been uh, somewhat immune here in Western Australia, which has just been amazing. Uh, But I realised afterwards, I said, you know what, actually it has affected me. And I surprised myself when I had to verbalise how it had actually affected uh, me itself. And you know what that was? It was the family dinners. The family dinners that had so freaked me out, that were so foreign to me, that this level of connection was just something that I could never have possibly fathomed would ever be a part of my life. And all of a sudden I realised I couldn't do it anymore. Now for the first Sunday, that was okay. It was like I was tired after church and so not a problem. But then the weeks drew on, week after week after week. And as you, if you recall, beginning of this year, uh, the initial criteria that the lockdown process was you could not have any more than two people in a dwelling unless you were all part of the same household. So that meant the family dinners that I was so used to going to now, they were part of my community connection. We had like 12 people there most weeks. And so all of a sudden that was not possible at all. I couldn't even go there with Robin to see my mother-in-law, Robin's mum, because that would have been three people. So I couldn't even see her unless I went there by myself and made sure that there was nobody else in the house at the same time. So it was a real shock to me to realise how much of this community thing had really gotten inside of me. But it really shouldn't surprise me because that is the nature of God. He is all about connecting with us. And if we have the Spirit of Christ inside of us, then that connection seed, that DNA, that need to have one another and not just waving from across you know, the, the church car park or whatever it might be. He's got that desire. He's placed it inside of every single one of us. And so it was surprising, but it really shouldn't have been. And so you better believe that when the restrictions came down, I couldn't wait uh, to go off to the family dinners. uh, And it was a great, great thing to be a part of. So we're talking about community and specifically building community. And there's a couple of key things that I want to put out there straight away. First of all, building community, it needs to be intentional. It can happen, I suppose, automatically over time like you did with my family connections, but that's just one example. And there should be more community in my life than just my family dinners. I'm meant to be in communion with other people all over the place. So it does require an intentionalness. The other thing is it needs to be built. Sadly, it doesn't normally happen just by itself. 
So community needs to be built. So let's go back to a couple of key points here and some couple of key things that I really want to leave with you in our time together this evening. Uh, firstly, it, community, it's God's intention, as I mentioned. It really is his intention. And whenever you're trying to build something, I just mentioned that community needs to be built. If you're going to be building something, you need three things. You need some instructions, even for the guys. Yes, we do need instructions from time to time. That's an idea of what you're aiming towards, what the finished product looks like. You also need materials and equipment, and you also need tools. So looking at the instruction side of it then, let's kick off with that one. I've got a couple of scriptures for you. The first one is in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. Which says, the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And so a lot of us are probably familiar with that scripture. So there's the beginnings of community right there. God's saying, well, look, I created Adam, but I want to have some community happening here. So he brings woman alongside. That's Genesis chapter 2. But let me go back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock and all the white animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. But at the beginning of that passage again, if we just uh, swoop back there, the Lord God said, let us make mankind in our image. There's community already happening in the Godhead, right there. God's going, this is my nature. So I'm already into this whole community thing, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So then when he makes mankind, he realises straight away, there's something missing here. There's no community. I've got to build community into it. So it is inside every single one of us, the DNA, God has placed it there, that there is community, there is the need to have connection with each other. You know, when I think of the, the prison system for those people that uh, uh, commit crimes and if they do very serious crimes or they, they cause a ruckus in prison, quite often they'll put them into what they refer to as solitary confinement. Not, not about food rations and, and no TV and no Wi-Fi access. The most harshest penalty they believe they can inflict on somebody is to put them alone and to take away their ability to connect and to have community even with their fellow prison inmates. That's very telling to me. The legal system realises, hey, we all need each other. And even though people are doing time and there is a punishment for their crimes, the ultimate is taking other people away from them. So community is really important. And let me throw this thought out to you that if you're not a part of community, you will be a part of some other itty. What do I mean? Well, if you're not a part of community, what you're going to have is individuality. And I know that individuality is not the same as community. Now, we all do need you know, some me time and some alone time, but that's only a portion of our lives. We do need to be with others. We need to change our individuality and make sure that it goes into community. And again, another uh, modern day example of the inbuilt thing that God has placed inside of us where we do need other people. I think back to the movie, which going back quite a while now, uh, back in 2000, it was a Tom Hanks movie called Castaway. And uh, he finds himself uh, on this island with nobody else. And such is the need, such is the desire inside of him to have community, to have some sort of a connection with somebody other than himself, 
he creates a friend called Wilson. In his mind, he makes up this friend and then he puts legs, as it were, to this new friend. He gives this friend a body. Turns out it's a basketball. And he communes. He has community with this basketball. Now, I think it was a bit of a one-sided relationship, if ever there was one. Wilson would just stand there and smile at him and really not do much at all. Uh, but that's, that's all part of it. Um, but that was just like, wow, what an amazing thing that a movie would capture something so profound that even on this amazing deserted island, which probably looked great for the first day, but not so much after that, that even this character needed to create another sense of community. So community, it's not just a bunch of people. People get together all the time. You can get a whole bunch of people together in the cinema, get them to a sporting event. But when that happens, that's just a crowd. Might be an excited crowd. You might recognise a few faces. But that's a crowd. That's not community. There is a difference between the two of those. A crowd is not necessarily community. And a community is more than just a crowd. Even in a church environment like this, you could walk in, sit down, worship like we've just done, hear a message like this, and then walk out. You could do the same thing online, perhaps. You'd hop onto YouTube or Facebook Live, join us online, uh, be a part of the, you know, see the mingle time, uh, do the worship, have a message. Again, there's ministry time, and then switch off your device. In both of those instances, you are, in one sense, joining with something, <clears throat> but you're not actually having community. We need to engage with others. That's the next step. It needs to be an active engagement. So you are in the right place. This is a great place for community, but it's just the start. More is required. So let's have a look then at what healthy community looks like. Uh, because as I think back to my family growing up, uh, there were some unhealthy things that were in there. So one could argue there was community, uh, but uh, thankfully there are elements of that community that I have shed that I have not brought into my current life because community is best when it's done healthy-wise. So let's have a look at what a healthy community looks like. You've probably all heard uh, the phrase, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Well, here's the clue to that one. For there to be absence, there has to be connection to start with. So let's have a look at a scripture that talks exactly about that, connection and absence when it's not a part of us. This is 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verses 2 through to 5. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois, and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. A couple of key things that Paul talks about there. I remember you. I long to see you. I am reminded. He even speaks of people's names personally. Lois, the grandmother, his mother, Eunice. That's not because he heard about them and read them in the daily newspaper somewhere or got a blog feed about them. He knew those people. He was in connection with them. He had a community connection. He had relationship with those people. And the value of that shows me the fact that he missed them because you can have very shallow community and very shallow connection, but he had obviously a deeper connection, the kind that God really wants us to have as well. 
And you know the other thing about community? It's sometimes more about the unseen than the seen. It's a little bit intangible sometimes. It can be there but not really visible and perhaps not really audible. Then there's the flip side of that. There are the moments and those instances where you really are aware of community. I was at a funeral recently and there were a huge number of people at this funeral. So many so that the comments around most people was, wow, look at how many people are a part of this funeral. That's an amazing example of community. Because if that person who passed away and they went to be with the Lord, so that's a great thing that they're with Jesus now. But if they had not connected with other people throughout their life, if they didn't have community with other people in their life, it would have been a very quiet, small uh, life celebration service. It was quite the opposite. There were so many people there. And what an amazing legacy that that person left, that they had clearly built a lot of strong community, healthy relationships through their lives. And they, they weren't like 100 years uh, worth of community building. They were far from that age. So at that point, I think, what an amazing accomplishment. So with community, again, we all get to be a part of it. We've got a contribution to play. And because it's, again, one of those things that you don't necessarily see, you can sometimes think that the part that you're playing is really not that significant. So I've got a sound clip for you where somebody does something. Let's have a listen to this one. So that's nice, a couple of bars there uh, from a, a beautiful uh, acoustic guitar there. So that's that person, and they could think that what they, what they were doing at that particular moment of that recording didn't really count for much. But I can tell you, they were a part of something larger than themselves. They actually had joined themselves to community. And their contribution, along with everybody else's contribution, who may have also thought that they didn't bring much to the table, have a listen to what all of that sounds like. That's what your individuality sounds like when you join it with community. Now let's have a look at how we do community well. You know, we can reset the clock. It really is possible. We can change what community means for us. And if we do that, we get to change what community looks like for other people. We get to give a healthy, godly expression of what community is. The kind of community that embraces people, that loves them unconditionally. Sounds like Jesus to me. Sounds like what he wanted us to do all the time. It's very easy to do that. All we need to do is just make that conscious decision to make the effort to be community to others. I uh, never forget this. It was many, many years ago. Uh, I, I met this lady uh, in this church a long time ago, and uh, I was just chatting a little bit with her, and she made the comment, which was really strange to me. She said, you know what? I don't find this is a very friendly church. And I was like, really? I said, that's not been my experience at all. I said, I think it's an incredibly friendly church. And this was a Holy Spirit thought that came to me. And I wasn't trying to be smart or clever or rude to her. And I certainly didn't put it across this way. But I said to her, oh, that's really disappointing to hear that you felt that. 
that's, that's you know, really disappointing. How have you found it when you've gone up to people? Have they been friendly towards you? And she was very quiet. So her expectation was community is what comes to her. She needed to actually be community to other people and to reach out to others. And we can all do it no matter what our personality is. We can all do it no matter what our backgrounds are that we may have come from. And you know how I know that? Because God tells me. Have a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. God gives us the ability to be the difference of change. Now, I can personally speak to that from two fronts. One, I've shared a little bit about my family background. So I needed to change my thinking on what healthy community looked like, and I did, with the help of God. The other is my natural personality style, which if I was to scale it, I would say I'm on the introverted scale rather than the extroverted scale. But I also realise that's just my starting point, and I can live there or I can live beyond there. I choose to live beyond what that natural starting point is for me. So I choose to be community to other people, to take that step, to go up to people that I don't know and say, hello, my name is whatever, Um, what's your name, pleased to meet you, et cetera, et cetera. And in all the time that I've done that, before God, absolutely honest here, not that I ever lie, but it just sounds good saying it, But but I can absolutely say to you that every time I've ever gone up to anybody like that, I have never had anyone say, go away, do not talk to me, do not be friendly, I don't want you here, buzz off or other sorts of things. Never, never once, certainly in the life of this church. In fact, so many times I've heard the exact opposite. I'm so glad that you came up and said hello. I don't know anybody here or, or things along those lines. So I can attest to that verse. We get to reset the bar. We can't necessarily say it's because of my background, it's because of my personality. You don't know the best new friend you're about to have if we don't extend community through to other people. Okay, so let me wrap up then just in this brief message. Uh, It's all about giving you some great stuff here. So uh, thank you, team or keyboard at least. So we certainly get to adapt to better ways of doing healthy community. Uh, And as I mentioned with uh, my wife's family, I really do love uh, the opportunities that I get to be a part of that. Now, here's the other thing about community. It's not necessarily mission impossible, and it doesn't have to be this overwhelming experience for you. It doesn't mean that you have to get to know or get to try to know lots and lots of people. Because if you do that, that's the crowd thing, perhaps starting to creep in again. And that will just be you know, a lonely experience. You can be lonely in a crowded room. I've experienced that where I haven't known anybody. So it's not about that, but it is about getting to know someone. And in fact, it all starts with the one. Because if you think about it, community is the ultimate expression of people relating with each other. And before you get the community, it's a crowd. But before you get the crowds, it's one-on-one. So that's the reverse of how it works. That's how you get community. It's the one-on-one building with that. So it does require active participation from you. Otherwise, the process will be uh, a very, very slow one. And uh, I mentioned about the family dinners and I've observed over the years when the family uh, has grown, this is on on Robin's side of the family, Uh, my family's still on their way of doing things, which is a bit on on the small scale. But I've noticed with Robin's family that there'll be a new person that comes into the new family dinner environment 
And depending on who they are, this time frame is either short or long. Sometimes it's a really long time frame where they're just like, kind of like the deer in the headlights. They're like, what is going on here? And so they are, I can attest to this, they are in a great community. They're in a great environment, but they're not ready yet to be a part of that. And there will be invitations for them to engage in the conversations. And normally they will initially give one word answers, which is not great at building conversation. There's a tip there, give more than one word answers. Another tip, ask open-ended questions. People have to respond to those. And I've seen over time, they then start to engage a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. But they've got to also put some effort in there and build that community. So that's my encouragement to all of us, myself included. Let's be outgoing. Let's build that community and have it there as a part for all of us. I like to pray now because there's a lot of stuff in there I know that I've put out there tonight. But every single one of these points, I know and believe that it's the Holy Spirit that helped me formulate this message. So I know there's things in here for every single one of you. Seeing me in the building right now, seeing me on live right now, maybe joining us in this message in line, online at an after time rather than live. I know that every single person hearing this, the Holy Spirit has something for each and every one of you. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for the message for tonight. I thank you, Lord, that we see right back in Genesis. We see before you created Adam and Eve, we see you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We see community. We see relationship right there. And Father, I thank you that it's your plan and your purpose that we each have that. I thank you, Lord, that you've helped me unpack some tools that you've wanted me to speak to every person, myself included. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll help each of us grab hold of those things that we need to grab hold of for ourselves, that we would not just file them away and say that was a nice message, but, Lord, that we would put those things into action this week, Lord. God, I pray that you will challenge all of us in this coming week to be the community builders across people that we come across. Lord, maybe there's people that we've been hesitant about it. We've thought maybe we should strike up a conversation, but we're not too sure how it would go. Lord, I pray that you would give us that boldness, that you would give us that courage. And Lord, I pray that people would be open to see genuine friendship, genuine love, genuine acceptance being extended to them, Lord God. And Father, that we would all testify in the months ahead about a revelation about true, godly, biblical community. And Lord, it's all because of you. And so we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church. Pastor Jeff. Thank you, Bruce. Let's give Pastor Bruce a big hand. Just say, well done. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Hey, by the way, uh, Bruce, uh, here's someone already online. Amazing message, Bruce. The perfect reminders for my week ahead. You know, uh, while Pastor Bruce was speaking that message about community, and I don't actually think you can ever hear a message like that too often. Because no matter who you are, no matter how well you think you do your relationships, every single one of us, I'm sure, would say, mine can get better. And even if yours are great, what about the people around about you? But I was thinking about really someone outside of Christ, someone who's never said yes to Jesus. And I was thinking how that message applies to the same points to every single one of us. It takes an initiative. It takes a response. Community doesn't happen because a whole lot of people gather together. It's because somebody goes and introduces themselves. Well, the Bible tells me that's exactly the way it happens when a person becomes a Christian. 
A Christian is not someone who's grown up in a Christian family necessarily, or someone who's grown up in a so-called Christian nation. A Christian is someone who's said yes to putting their trust in Christ. To use the language that I used this morning, God Himself through Christ crossed the room for you. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave. It started with Him. Did you realise that? <clears throat> that before you ever thought about God, before you ever got your heart warmed to be thinking about whether He was there or not, that He was thinking about you and said, I'm going to cross the room for that person. I want to encourage you tonight to give your yes to Jesus. Whether you're in the building, whether you're a part of this live, or whether you're a part of it at some time after that, it's so simple for you to do. If you're in Australia, you can simply do it by texting YES, Y-E-S, to this number 0488-826-392. When you do that, we will send you back just one screen of a smartphone every day for 30 days. You'll get it the very next day and on it'll go. comes from us, from our team here at Metro Church. They'll send you a scripture, a different one each day out of God's Word. Something that'll help you grow. They'll send you a prayer. It's written down for you. You can read it out and say, God, this is my prayer today. You'll find after 30 days that it'll become easier for you. You'll start being able to Put your prayers in your own language. If you're outside of Australia, that number wouldn't be appropriate for you. But what will work is you go to yes.metrochurch.org.org.au And when you give us your yes there, you'll get exactly the same thing via email every day. I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds of people have done that simple thing and given their yes to Christ. But I know that when I've spoken to many of them, they've come up and when I've said, how did you start your walk with God? They said, I texted yes. And I remember two of them right off the top of my head who said to me, you know, it was like every day God was speaking to me. You know, they gave their yes and those principles of community started applying to them. They crossed the room as it were to Jesus, said yes to Him and a relationship developed. And then after a while, you just become so comfortable in that it becomes a beautiful thing that becomes a part of your life. So I want to commend that to you. Would you give Him your yes tonight, today, whatever time it is you're a part of this service? Y-E-S to 488 or to yes.metrochurch.org.au. I want to pray for you. I believe that this decision is the greatest one. You know, every single one of us that are a part of Metro Church can look back to a time when we said, yes, some of us, we were just tiny kids. Others were teenagers. Some of the people sitting here in front of me right now were adults in their middle age, so to speak, when they said yes to Christ. I've led people to Jesus who were in the latter years of their life. But every single one of them will tell you that it was the beginning of the greatest life they ever lived. Say yes to Christ. Heavenly Father, I thank You for every person that's a part of this service. Lord, I don't know them all or even where they are and I don't know what their life's about or what it's been like. But I do know, Lord, that no matter what it's been, great and honouring and full of great character, 
or whether, Lord, they've made so many missteps and so many mistakes that shame and regret fills their heart and their mind. But Lord, I do know that You want every one of us, regardless of what our background looks like, You want us to be a part of Your family, a part of Your community. So Jesus, I ask You, would You touch that person right now? They're a part of this service. They got onto this through Facebook Live or YouTube or a friend inviting them. And Lord, somehow or other right now, they know inside their heart, this is a lot more than somebody talking. It's You reaching to their life. I pray God for them. Pray that they'll give You their yesterday and it'll be the beginning of the greatest life they could ever have dreamt of. Thank You for helping them, Lord. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you for being a part. By the way, would you bring your yes and not only do you get all that stuff there sent to you each day, but our team start praying for you. They mightn't even know your name, but that doesn't matter. God does. They'll keep praying for you right through the weeks that lie ahead. So God bless you and thank you for that. And uh, that's awesome. Tessie, uh, what are we going to, I know what we're going to sing. I, lo- I love every song we sing. Even though I know all the words, mostly, and I've heard them, some of them scores of times. Have you ever noticed that somehow or other, when you're in worship, it's almost like the Holy Spirit takes that phrase or that word and it speaks to you all over again? Like, you know what I mean? It's not just me. Yeah, because I get that every, every service. I'm going like, oh, that's perfect for today. Oh, what a great song that is. And it blesses me every single time. I don't think any of you will ever realise what a blessing you are to me uh, in terms of the whole team and the whole church because worship wouldn't be the same if it was just everyone up here. But everybody that's a part of it. One of the things I'm loving hearing more and more at every single service, there was people online this morning, people here that are saying amazing worship. And I know some of these people that they're alone in their home or they're at the beach on their own. And yet the worship and the presence of God is speaking to them and touching them where they are. You don't need to be in a crowd to be able to have the presence of Jesus with you, do you? Yeah. Good on you. Hey, come on, lead us in this great song. Come on, let's stand. We're going to have ministry time in a minute. Let's stand and love God together. Come on, give Him your best. Pour your heart out before Him. Declare His goodness. In Jesus' name.
some. Yo, know, I love some of this stuff on chat. Uh, here's someone saying a great word from Bruce. Interesting to see how this develops in the online church community and people being ready to engage online. A little bit later tonight, Rhonda and I are online with the people in Albania, yeah. which is going to be just kind of a lot of fun listening to them all chat away. I was talking during the week to people in Italy and uh, Sebastiana, wherever you are, you're here somewhere. Uh, who leads that connect group online, people engaging in community. And he was telling me about uh, some of them who don't speak any English or very little, but are online every week. And when he says why, they go, we love the presence of God, even though we can't understand everything that's said. And then he was telling me how some of them, their families are talking about the profound change in their loved ones from being a part of these services. Never think to yourself online's about people watching because it's not. Uh, Metro Church is a big space and there's always room for more, more room for people to come and to connect and to be a part of it. And uh, so I want to say, God bless you. He was somebody, this made me slightly envious. Tessie, walking in the waves in the worship was beautiful. They're at the beach somewhere or other, walking in the waves, worshiping like this, and I'm kind of going, it sounds mightily attractive to me, but uh, there you go. Beautiful. Hey, listen, God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this great service. Thank you again, Pastor Bruce, for that timely word that I know keeps speaking to us during the week. Uh, he's ready in ministry time in the studio. If you need prayer and you're in the building, come forward. We'd love to pray with you. And uh, say, God bless you. Have an amazing week. We'll see you somewhere soon. God bless. Thank you.